Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer-songwriter who is a 2015 CMA Fest performer. She has also got dates on the East Coast from New York all the way down to here in Florida. She is fresh off the Sacramento Music Festival and has just released a new music video. Her tune, Girl in Your Truck Song, cracked the top 60 on Billboard's Country Airplay chart and has been streamed more than 1.6 million times on Spotify. She had a video that debuted at number one on Great American Country's Top 20 Countdown. You've been hearing one of her songs called Super Cool. I'm pleased to welcome to the show today, Maggie Rose. Hi, how are you? Thank you for the introduction. (laughs) Hi, Maggie. It's nice to talk to you. Very nice. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Happy the, to be here. The the intro is all true. I I, I just read facts. <laughs> it's not well, embellished. I mean, I liked it. I, if people only mentioned those truths about everyone when they're being introduced, just a good thing. <laughs> that should be. Very good. Very good. Well, before we get too far away from that intro, let's have you go ahead and start off by first talking about the song we were just playing called Super Cool. Super Cool. You guys are actually... Uh, one of the first people to debut these songs um, that we're playing on your show today. Thank you. So yeah, thank you for helping me get them out there. Um, you know, you mentioned girl in your truck song as, uh, one of my recent releases. And, uh, since that release, I've really been, it kind of made me go back to the drawing board and write as many songs as I could. And I have to say like in the last 10 months, I think I've written more, songs than I had in all the years prior to that because I've been on the road touring so much and uh, doing tours at country radio, probably did four of those where you you crisscross the U.S. dozens of times to visit different radio stations and play shows for their audiences when the opportunity arises. But I just kind of had tunnel vision in that whole process and wasn't really exploring everything that I was capable of as an artist sonically. And Super Cool is one of these things that's emerged from this time of uh, just generating a lot of material and trying to be as creative as I can be. And it's a fun song that's like, you know, lighthearted, but melodically really interesting and exciting. And the lyrics are playful. And uh, it was actually one of the first songs that I got to personally produced myself as well. So in addition to writing it, I got to make everything about it in the studio. 
Well, from the For What It's Worth department, I like it a lot. I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed listening to it when it was sent to me uh, in preparation for this. Thank you. That's worth a lot. Well, you know, I, I, I was waiting as you were talking about the, the country radio tour and going around. I was waiting for you to say and answering the same questions. But I thought, no, she's a professional. She's too polite. She's not going to say everyone. And that's something that I pride myself on. I think probably one of the compliments that I enjoy the most about my show is the guests telling me, wow, you asked really good questions. You asked me things that uh, that I don't normally get. And, you know, to, to the credit of, of Crystal Blue Sound Studios, the other compliment that I get a lot is just the great sound quality of the show. Uh, so hopefully you're going to get some questions uh, as during our conversation here that, that wasn't part of what you were going through. But uh, re- really, really neat to hear, you know, that, that that's what came out of it, that you used that time on the road to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to be really productive, not only with doing those radio interviews, but just writing a ton of new material. Absolutely. And I think most artists uh, operate in a similar way where, you know, things are cyclical. You have that period of time where you're hitting the road really hard and trying to meet as many fans as you can. And then you have the other period of time where you're almost hibernating and trying to, you know, you stockpile all this inspiration when you travel all over the place and you expose all these different things and then kind of go back to your home base and, Right. And I mean, I really didn't have that, um, schedule for the three years leading up to this little break that I've not break because it's actually been one of the most grueling times with traveling for writing sessions. But for three years, it was pretty relentless and I was releasing one single after another. And that didn't really allow a lot of time for collaborating with other writers or getting to write myself at all. But see, you said in there exposed to all these different things. And I like that part because I think what some people have the tendency to convince themselves of is, well, why would they write when they're out on the road? They're probably just so worn out from traveling and from doing the interviews day after day and being asked the same questions over and over. But in fact, you're saying, well, you know, there's so many different experiences from town to town and from station to station, hotel to hotel, plane to plane, that you just kind of have this whole bag that you fill up with all these different experiences and you say, great, now I have all these different ingredients to make different cakes from. Yeah, absolutely. And the process of traveling, you know, that vigorously and, you know, just being in places for moments at a time is really strenuous and it's surreal. So it's almost like that reality hits you when you do get those moments to slow down and think through, what you're going through, the experiences you're having when you're on the plane or when you do finally get home and have a few hours to do your laundry and head back out again. It's like those are your moments of reflection on the whirlwind that you're caught up in, which, you know, you're lucky if you are able to travel and get to go around and form for different people to even have the chance to do that. But yeah, it's very tiring and sometimes a little mind numbing and makes it hard <laughs> to work that writing process into your routine schedule. Yeah, especially when when sleep is in the other room calling your name and and is doing a very good job of tempting you to... Oh, yeah, that thing that we do at night. (laughs) Rumor has it. Sleep. That's that's like uh, very similar to the to the line that I use where I where I pause and stutter and stammer and look around and say, Oh yeah, that's that's it. Free time. That that that's this thing that I've heard about that people have. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> I think everyone's. I think I don't think anyone has free time really. Well, the Just procrastinating uh, skillfully. The sing the single taskers. The, the people who are not multitaskers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the intro, I mentioned things like CMA Fest, Billboard's Country Airplay Chart, and Great American Country's Top 20 Countdown. Yet, you are actually transitioning to a bit more of a pop sound. Um, I, I, I was going to ask you if you could explain how that has come to be, but perhaps you just did because of all the all the experiences that you just referred to. Yes, that's correct. I'm making that transition. And... You know, I've been in Nashville almost eight years now, and um, so many of my collaborators here and the things that I've learned just from being exposed to all the talent around here is influenced, actually, that move, which you wouldn't expect moving to Nashville to be the catalyst to kind of help me explore new sounds because people expect it to just be country, but um, it really came about when... You know, I was working with all these different people. I started going to the West Coast really frequently after um, my publisher, Dallas Davidson, signed me and saw all these pop songs that I was turning out. And um, he helped facilitate some rights with, you know, these pop artists and pop writers in L.A. And I've um, really immersed myself in the community there. And that's become just actually the trend of the sounds that I'm writing often are leaning more to these uh, pop kind of arrangements. So I'm not going to abandon my country roots or national roots, I should call them. You're going to hear those things still in my music, but um, I've definitely kind of gotten outside of the box of what my music was previously. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we'd like to give the listeners who are up-and-coming artists some insight on this show that can serve as a teaching moment for them. Can you get into whether or not you spend time in conversation with your advisors uh, on something like sales and branding and marketing when it comes to starting to create music that goes into a different genre when when there are all these accolades that pre- precede your name that, that are all mentioned country? Is it is it something where someone sits down and says, well, we need to think about this if you're going to start writing in that direction because everybody knows you as a country artist and look at these awards that you've won and this is the way. Is that a conversation that happens or is it, hey, Bruce, if this is what I want to write, this is where I'm going, whether people like it or not? Well, Bruce, it was a conversation I had for maybe five years consecutively. Wow. And um, you know, when you mentioned the GAC debut of one of my music videos as an indie artist debuting at number one, and that seems like another lifetime ago because I'd gone through a rebranding process after releasing that song where I was going by my uh, given name, Margaret Durante. Right. And I just kind of hit this wall where, um, you know, you have, I've always admittedly had a great voice. I've always sung. I've always loved this thing. But I just had kind of this uh, a little opposition as especially a very young girl just being another singer in a town full of really great singers. So I went through this rebranding process where I was like, okay, what kind of artist do I want to be for the rest of my life? And that resulted in me rebranding myself as Maggie Rose, which my name is Margaret Rose Durante, so hence 
Maggie Rose, and I got to kind of play with my image and you know do stuff that was more comprehensive as an artist approach instead of just a vocalist and you know think about the songs I wanted to write, what message did I want to send? I wanted to be empowering to my female audience. I wanted to represent this certain idea, and that worked for a while and got me a lot of recognition and helped me reach a bigger audience. And then I kind of hit a wall again. Um, The state of country radio, you know, that's not why we're having this interview, but it just was, it's too, it was too much opposition for me as an independent female artist to break through to where I felt I deserved to be. And um, not to sound like a rant, but it is a bit of a rant. Uh, It's okay. That's all right. Um, my single, my recent single released at Country Radio is a song called <clears throat> Girl in Your Truck Song, and it coincided with the Maddie and Tay record, Girl in a Country Song. And they are an incredibly talented young duo, a, an emerging female duo at Country Radio. And I was still, you know, I'd been at radio for the past several years and making the rounds, but I was still an emerging artist at the same time. And country radio just could not deal with the idea of two similar songs by two female artists emerging at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yet my male counterparts all were singing different songs. They were similar subjects within the songs, but mm. you know, they were all kind of getting through and you know, there was only one of us that would get the airplay, and that was Maddie and Tay. And, um, you know, I won't discern what attributes about them and me did or did not warrant airplay for one or the other, because my whole thing was always about this female empowerment, and I wasn't going to undermine that idea by making it from head-to-head match with another female artist. And that was really what made me go to the drawing board and start writing whatever music I wanted to write and being more uninhibited because I had felt like I was trying to stay in the confines of what was acceptable to country radio. And it's funny that once I just freed myself and allowed myself to write whatever, that's when I felt like I really found my sound and what music I love to make. So couldn't really see the forest for the trees initially, but I think it's a good thing that it played out that way. And that was like an unloading of emotions <laughs> on you, but that's fine. You know, that's fine. That's fine. And, and, you know, trust me, this is episode 71. So, uh, it's not been, uh, it's not been 70 episodes prior with, with nobody, uh, voicing similar opinions of, of sorts. So, uh, it's not the first time right. and it won't be the last time and, and, and it's certainly welcome. Uh, the, you know, the only, the only rules here are that, uh, the guest and the audience are, are put first and that I'm not in the equation. So, um, you're, you're Absolutely. free to, uh, and that being said, I also have really loyal, wonderful friends at country radio and fans that are not specific to the genre, but specific to me and my music. Like I recognize those individuals who have been following me and listening to 
what I put out because not just because they're fans of country, but because they're fans of me. Right. And those are the people that I'm wanting to make music for right now. Right. Well, you mentioned before that this is somewhat of an exclusive for us to get the track. I, I, I talked about your transitioning to, to a bit more of a pop sound. I wonder, do you have a target release uh, date or month maybe for when you're aiming to get a new album out? Yes. Um, I'm working on probably an EP release in the fall. Um, just kind of assembling my team around me to do that. There's a lot of really fun stuff and a lot of tedious stuff that goes into packaging these songs. And because I've written so many over the past 10 months, sort of narrowing down, okay, what do I want these first, uh, you know, six or seven songs to be for my fans to kind of introduce them to everything else that I want to get out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I haven't even put these tracks that you guys are playing on your show today on my SoundCloud page yet because I um, am trying to do that choosing process right now. But I just, you know, the three songs that we gave you, I feel like kind of represent the other end of the spectrum of stuff that my fans haven't heard that's really poppy. And then one that's like what I was going to release subsequent to growing your truck song. Awesome. And where I've gone from there. Well, so I wonder, you're in Nashville, but you talked about doing a lot of back and forth to California. Uh, and so as far as the people that you'll work on, and you, you mentioned, you know, self-producing a song, but will this project be done in Nashville? Will it be in L.A.? Will it be bi-coastal? What, what's that going to look like? Um, it'll probably be bi-coastal. There are a lot of producers in L.A. that... Um, I love writing with and working with that I know we're going to help collaborate with me on, you know, the production end of things. And then there are pop writers who have recently moved to Nashville from LA that I work with regularly that are also working with me on making the record. So, you know, I, there's so many resources in Nashville that I feel like it can do achieve this pop sound in Nashville without having to outsource it a lot to LA, but there's just undeniable talent in LA that I love working with. Very good. Very good. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Maggie Rose. Visit her official website at www.iammaggierose.com. She is big time on social media, too. On her website homepage, there are icons to click on to connect with her on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and even Google Plus and Pinterest. Plus, her music is on SoundCloud, as she just mentioned, for those of you that are listening to us on there. And social media and her website, of course, will be great resources to keep up with when that EP does get released. You can purchase her music on iTunes and, of course, follow her online also to see where and when she will be performing live. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. 
If you are a new listener to the show, thank you. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We have 70 episodes that preceded this one, and there have been a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Maggie, I mentioned in the intro that you've recently released a video that's for Looking Back Now. Uh, To match the tone of the song, you've got a very direct and sincere look throughout that video rather than some over-the-top look with extras that would have to be cast, various locations, and of course a much bigger budget. Uh, Nonetheless, I wonder if there was any discussion about going that way, or did you have your mind made up that this was specifically the look you wanted and no one was going to change your mind? Well, that was um, uh, my baby, I feel like, that video that you're talking about. Um, The song, Looking Back Now, was written uh, solely by one of my really good friends, Lisa Carver. And it is a controversial song. Of course, the protagonist of the song, you know, commits two murders, uh, actually dies by lethal injection herself at the end of the song. And um, she's just seemingly kind of a hard woman, but there's just something so powerful about her story that in spite of everything that she does, which are terrible things, you are rooting for her because it's just that it's a fictional song. It's that element of fantasy that, you know, every downtrodden man or woman who feels like, you know, their voice is being stifled can kind of hear that song and root for this fictional character who does the unthinkable. Um, So when we were going to write the treatment for that video, I was working with uh, Kristen Barlow, who ultimately was the director of the video that we released. And our initial plan was to make it this, like, mini motion picture kind of video. We had all these extras who were um, other artists and friends of mine who wanted to be in the video. We were going to do it in an old jailhouse. We were going to have a warden. Like, everything. And um, it just became so overwhelming because of how well Lisa wrote the story for the song that I was like, I almost can't do this where it's so literal, where we just won't ever do the story justice. People Mm. always say that they envisioned it a different way, but because Lisa describes everything to a T so perfectly in like three and a half minutes. Yeah. And, um, I was just like, I think sometimes it's more powerful to just allow the viewer's imagination to kind of run wild and really just focus on that survivor element of the character. And yes, it was more challenging for me to stare down a camera all day and like (laughs) shout and stuff. And it was emotional. Like I was exhausted emotionally after we shot it, but, um, you know, I kind of feel like these days and, you know, it's fun being girly. It's fun and having the fan, blowing your hair and the fake eyelashes and all that stuff and getting glammed up for videos is a cool aspect of it. But for this video, I was just kind of like, I I wanted to almost make the viewer uncomfortable. It's like a staring contest. You could break eye contact (laughs) first and, um, 
is to show that raw emotion. So definitely smaller budget for it <laughs> and for sure. no extras except for the guy who yeah, uh, putting his hands, put his around hands your throat. on my neck. Yeah. Um, it was really fun for me to make, very challenging. And um, my parents, uh, Liz and Steve Durante, actually were the producers of that video. Wow. So, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I remember back on episode 59 with uh, singer-songwriter Whitney Doucette, um, she was given us kind of a, I don't want to say outtakes, but a little bit of trivia uh, about about a video of hers. And I wondered that as I watched yours, I thought, now I wonder whose hand that is that's on her neck. Because uh, I thought, you know, if it's it's maybe some, you know, kind of personal connection or if it's, you know, uh, it was just the guy holding the camera. <laughs> well, it was, my, it was actually my acting coach, ah. Ed Cop, And okay. he, you know, he's this really warm, sweet guy. And then for some, like, I got to see him in action and he just felt so cold and distant. Like, he could have been the warden, just wow. his hands alone and the way... Um, he kind of like was rough with me. It took me off. Um, it took me kind of by surprise. And I think that sort of showed in my expression because I was like, whoa, Ed. But, um, yep, he but, uh, sort of helped me coach through that um, performance because he knew that the emotion had to be there. And that's all we were relying on. But I like the way that you described kind of the, you know, wait a minute, this this grand production that we're talking about, it's just too much. It's too over the top. We, we've got to go to something simple because it, it reminds me of, um, I'm pretty sure that it was episode 61, Cena Earhart. She was talking about trying to get an idea for what she wanted her video to look like. And she said, so what I did is I thought, well, what videos have I watched that have really spoken to me and have really made an impact on me? And she said, you know, that there's an Adele video which really has very little to it whatsoever, and yet that's the one, that's the look that really spoke to her. And, and so, you know, you're you're basically saying the same thing here is, look, you know, when you hear the lyrics of this song, you know, this is something that you're 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 going to totally miss the point. You know, if if we're doing all these theatrics, so uh, sure, I, yeah, I, I commend you for for that approach. Um, Thank you. Yeah, our attention spans are so short. Uh, kind of like absolutely. Um, trying to not just dazzle people and get them to keep watching it without substance being there. Yeah, so because I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, because there's certainly a line between someone coming away from it and saying, wow, that was a great video, you know, versus, well, wait a minute, are, are you only impressed with the production or, or did you actually listen to the lyrics? You know, it's nice that you like the video, right. but it's, it's a great song, by the way, is it not? Thank you. <laughs> Lisa is um, one of... Nashville's Treasures as a songwriter. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is part of branding is also using common sense. Remember that black absorbs the sun. In the summertime, your fans will be sweating if your t-shirts are black. Consider light colors which reflect the sun. I myself have walked away empty-handed from merch tables because the shirts only came in black. 
Remember, people wearing these will become walking billboards for you, so give them a color and design they'll want to wear. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. I do always like to talk to those in the audience that are listening that are being introduced to my guest for the first time. Uh, if, if you're not too tired of telling it, uh, I wonder if you could just give them a brief overview of where you've come from. You mentioned before about rebranding yourself from, you know, having gone from, from your given name. Uh, just a, a synopsis of where you've come from to, to how you've got to this point where you're at today. Most notably, I, I love in your story that you are someone who didn't want to have a backup plan. You were always committed that this was it. M- music was going to be what you do. Absolutely. And um, even when I decided to leave Clemson University in the middle of my sophomore year and move to Nashville at uh, age 19, um, I was still studying music in Clemson. So my parents, uh, I kind of braced myself for that phone call to them where, you know, I, I was just lined everything up and I had made the decision to move to Nashville and they were just so cool about it and not only cool, but supportive and not surprised because <laughs> I guess I had prepared them for that throughout my childhood that you know, I was going to be a performer and a songwriter and a singer. And, uh, my mom helped me pack up my Jeep and moved out of Clemson and has moved into my apartment in Nashville about a month and a half later. Uh-huh. And that was in January, 2008. And I got to say the first two years were the most desolate, lonely years, I think of my life up to this point, because when I moved here younger than kind of everyone else I was being introduced to, um, not really knowing what my plan was. Tommy Matola was the guy who kind of made this opportunity come together. He was briefly involved in my career and introduced me to my first producer, James Stroud. And James is uh, an amazing producer. I mean, he's worked on so many different people's records, so I was lucky to have that contact in the beginning. But I was just kind of writing and networking for the first two years. And, um, you know, they say Nashville is a 10 year town. And if I didn't have those two years to kind of be alone and force myself to meet all these people and make Nashville my home, then, uh, I don't think I'd have the roots that I have now. That that day that you moved there, did you know anybody? I knew, well, I had just been introduced to James Stroud as my producer and his wife, Laura Stroud, who um, actually introduced me to Lisa Carver coming back Uh. around to that. (laughs) But, um, so no, I didn't. Um, And I kind of wonder if I knew how hard those two years were going to be, if I would have had the courage to do it. Mm. Um, but that's the thing about not knowing what's ahead. You kind of fearlessly try these things and um, you know, take a crack at different opportunities, and they 
might seemingly not play out initially, but they always lead to something cool. And I think if I had told you what my plan was when I was 19 and you did an A and B of what I projected to happen, what happened, I would laugh at <laughs> how off I was. And I am also so happy that I am where I am now because I get to write with probably the best songwriter in Nashville and also be published by him. Alice Davidson is a great mentor and if anyone looked into his catalog of thousands of songs, they would realize he's the most versatile writer out there. And um, I love working with him and just how he's validated me as a writer. You know, I've always been singing and touring, but within the last year, really coming to as a writer. And I'm producing this band, the Morrison Brothers, that I actually met at a hometown show in D.C. And we've become friends over the last year and a half, and they've heard the stuff I've been working on, and now I'm making their first record, which is really cool. So, you know, you come to Nashville by way of Clemson, South Carolina, because Tommy Mitchell introduces you to one <laughs> producer, James Job, released a single, rebranded myself as Maggie Rose, released an album, toured for three years, after releasing three more singles and been all over the world and gotten to meet some amazing people. And now I'm excited to work on this pop project. Outstanding. Outstanding. What a blessing. I, uh, I am always also happy to see artists who are giving back a couple weeks ago. You joined Randy Hauser, Luke Bryan, Lee Bryce, and a handful of others at the Ryman auditorium for the annual Georgia on my mind benefit. Uh, proceeds from which support the Georgia Music Foundation, which supports music education and preservation programs. Talk about all of that, Maggie. Well, I um, was honored to be on that roster because, you know, those names you mentioned, they're some of the biggest names in country music. And Dallas Davidson was one of the hosts with the Peach Pickers at the stunt. And actually, on a personal note, my fiancé, Austin Marshall, is the coordinator of that event. So that's really his baby, and he plans for it all year and gets the talent to be a part of this. And he's not from Georgia, and I'm not from <laughs> Georgia, but it's a cause that we both care about a lot. And you know, I saw him kind of pull out his hair for the three weeks leading up to the event, and it just goes off without a hitch at the Ryman Auditorium of all places yeah. in Nashville. It's just so much history and such a fun night. It's not like a ton of pressure. You know, every artist gets up and sings one or two songs. And I sang a, a Gladys Night, Midnight Train to Georgia, and was just backstage with a bunch of friends that you know I've met over the years on the road. So it was a cool thing to get everyone together for a really good cause. And very proud of Austin. Um, for all the work that he has done and continues to do for this event. No doubt, no doubt. Very cool. Uh, kind of crazy, but last week on the show, we were talking to Tim Halperin the day after his birthday, and now here too. You just had yours about a week ago. Uh, do, you, do you care to share how you spent it? I, I believe you were out in L.A. <laughs> I was, I was. 
and you have done your research. I love this. Um, yeah, I was out in LA working, um, writing, uh, had a few sessions out there and, uh, kind of forgot that I had a birthday coming. I'm not going to lie. Just, we had so much going on the week before with the, uh, Georgia on my mind music event and our engagement party. Then I was producing the sides on the Morrison brothers that Thursday. Then unfortunately we had to go to a funeral. Then we drove back from Missouri to catch our flight to LA. So I was like, Oh yeah, I have a birthday. <laughs> and Austin had gotten about 15 of our friends together. Um, we live out on the West coast in LA and we went to this little speakeasy place called the nice guy which is so cool because it's like had this Sinatra vibe. There's a piano player in the corner and Italian food, which is my favorite. My dad's a big Sinatra fan. So I felt like, you know, he was there in spirit and, uh, it was awesome. Very nice. It sounds like it sounds like a good a, a little surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So Austin was also planning that in addition to everything else. <laughs> he had going on. And then I went home, uh, briefly before going to Jana Kramer's wedding in Virginia from LA. Saw my parents the night before in DC and flew back out to Sacramento for the Sacramento Music Fest. Mm. So I got some Southwest miles <laughs> on, on my account last week. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Quite a few. Yeah. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is singer-songwriter Maggie Rose. Visit her official website at www.iammaggierose.com. She is big time on social media, too. On her website homepage, there are icons to click on to connect with her on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and even Google Plus and Pinterest. Plus, her music is on SoundCloud, for those of you who are listening to us on there. You can purchase her music on iTunes and, of course, follow her online to see where and when she'll be performing live. And as I mentioned before, to also keep up with details on when her new release comes out, hopefully later this year. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it, too. Subscribing is free. It makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will download automatically each time that a new episode comes out, so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you ever so much. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We are at episode 71 today, and there have been a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, Maggie, you started to talk about uh, producing someone else's project. Um, kind of curious, at, you know, in an interview when, when we are talking somewhat about you having new music coming out later this year in your transition, yet uh, all of a sudden kind of putting on a different hat. I know you said, you know, self-producing one of your own songs, but uh, is this something that you see yourself doing more of? Is it just kind of a, a one-time thing? Just talk a little bit more about being involved in that. Well, I hope to do a lot more of it because I have become so comfortable in the studio over the last eight years and done a lot of recording um, with you know my own projects and doing demos for other people and spending time with studio bands and everything. But um, it's just like 
such a fun, creative process that really never ends. You can never be like, okay, oh, this song is finished. It's just like knowing when to step away from a song, kind of like a painting. It's the last brush stroke. It's the last <laughs> whatever you put on the song. So it's really very fun to uh, collaborate with, especially the Morrison Brothers band. They're so good. They are playing on their own record, which is not something that you often see in Nashville because, um, honestly, session musicians are so good here and efficient that a lot of producers don't want to spend the time having the actual band record when they can just have these guys who can come in, never hear the song, and play it one pass through and be done. But um, it's really going to be project by project. Uh, the fit for me and the Morrison Brothers is perfect because I have... Uh, I'm emotionally vested in what they're doing and really believe in their material, but it couldn't be further from what I'm producing on myself. So it's kind of fun to exercise different parts of my brain and what I'm doing with them and what I'm doing on my own project. Well, and not unlike when you talked about moving to Nashville and, you know, who would have known the way it would turn out, who would have also known that you would end up getting to the point where you're producing someone in addition to continuing your own career as, as a recording exactly. artist. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're entrusting me to screw up your music. I'm, <laughs> I'm already dealing with the pressure of screwing up my own, but no, they're awesome. And uh, great guitar playing, their voices, they're two sets of brothers. Um, so, you know, they've grown up playing music together. And I think it's going to be a really good year for them. Their material is awesome, too. So it's a really good place to start. Well, and good for you for for having a sense of humor about it. The uh, the music music <laughs> business gets so darn serious that uh, you, you, you need to. Otherwise, you know, you, you probably wouldn't still be where you are now. Well, I've that's one thing I've definitely developed is a sense of humor <laughs> about everything. And, you know, if I ever do get anxiety about the production process, I just remind myself that nothing will go out that we don't love. Yep. We can yep. control when this is um, what we consider to be complete. And it is their debut album, so it's not like if it were their sophomore album where it'd be like, okay, you know, this is your soft deadline. They can really spend the time to get this music where it deserves to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, another big surprise. Wow, uh, you, you mentioned your fiance, but you recently got engaged in quite a grand fashion. Uh, as, I know as much, he's a brave man. Well, as much as there are interviews where you do get asked the same question a lot, go ahead and recount that story because that's one I'm sure you won't mind repeating as time goes by. No, I love it. It's <laughs> um, you know Austin and I had discussed that we wanted to get engaged, you know, we wanted to both approach it like adults and get a little timeline, but I didn't know when he was going to do the proposal or how, or, you know, definitely did not expect the way that he ended up doing it. And I was in Bethesda, Maryland playing uh, two nights in a row at this theater that I've played there sort of my hometown. So we had a, great crowd both nights and there's this one song that I sing in my set called River Road and it's actually uh, co-written by Megan Trainer, awesome duet 
cool, um, upbeat, fun, poppy song. And when I was recording my demo vocal a few months prior to the show, Dallas was supposed to sing it with me, but he got really sick and Austin was in the studio and Austin's like, I can sing it. And I'm in the booth and killed it. So that was the version that my family and friends had kind of listened to leading up to the show. Uh-huh. So, you know, in preparation for the weekend, I was like, why don't you jump up and sing with me on stage? Everyone loves your voice and wants to hear you sing River Road with me. And I think he had the idea already, but he didn't want me to know. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready. I, I'm not ready for that. So I was like, okay, you're being a diva, but I kind of put it out of my mind. And, um, so didn't really think about it. And, you know, we were getting towards the end of the second show and I introduced my bass player, Tim, right to sing the song with me as he usually does and make a joke. I'm like, you know, I'm not really in love with Tim. I love him, but not like that. And then he just smiles and steps away from the mic. And then I hear Austin's voice and he throws this rose at my feet and he's just such a goofball. He's dancing all over the stage. I can't even like keep up with him. And at that point I know that, um, something's up <laughs> and he just, after the song's done, whispers to me and gets down on his knee and proposes to me in front of my parents and sisters and grandparents and all the friends and audience that I had there that night. And, um, he killed it, killed the song, by the way. The show must go so, on. <laughs> yeah. And my band was all in on it. Cause I thought we had two more songs after, but I had a special set list and the rest of them knew that the show was over. <laughs> so I'm kind of wandering around and Austin's like, that's it folks. We're going home. And like, pulls me off the stage. So awesome. it was very awesome. sweet. You uh, you also combined personal life with music life recently. Uh, you were at the Kentucky Derby, but but you also had you I had was. gotten to play in Louisville. Also, I wonder uh, how that all came together and how you enjoyed it. Um, I had never been to the Derby before, and uh, I've often I befriended these folks who are awesome and um, have these seats right on the finish line. <laughs> So we had a wow. charity event the night before on Sherwood Avenue. It's called the Sherby. It was the fifth year they did this. And um, it's for Volunteers of America. And my friend who was taking Austin and I to the Derby the following day donated all the tequila for that event the night before. So it was a big weekend. I played a show on the porch for about 75 minutes to like 700 people for this pot party and then went to the Derby the following day. How did you get that opportunity? How did you get to play a 75 minute show the night before? Um, it was another charity event that Austin's involved Ah. with. Um, and his friends who live in Louisville put this event on every year and, uh, they needed talent and one of their best friends, happened to be engaged to me and that's how I got it. So I got all sorts of perks with Austin. You know, he's, he's hooking me up with all sorts of things. Yeah. He's a good guy to know. So you, you know, when he got down on one knee, you thought, yeah, you know, there's the, there's enough, there's enough yeah. benefits that this is a good oh, business move. <laughs> it's a good career move for me. 
Very yeah. good. No, he's wonderful. Outstanding. Well, uh, we're going to close today with a song of yours called Inevitable. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, if you would, please. Well, um, Inevitable is a song I wrote with Riley Friesen and Jason Walker, who are two uh, LA transplants to Nashville that I write with a lot. And we wanted to write a song kind of about that confidence and uh, perseverance that you know I've come into. And for anyone out there who just needs a little reassurance that they are awesome and things are going to work out, it's just a matter of time. So it's called Inevitable. Hope you guys like it. Very good. Well, Meg, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for, for all your time today and continued best wishes uh, with everything musically and and of course uh i don't know if there's a a wedding date yet but all the best to to you in austin (laughs) thank you so much it was great talking to you likewise that will do it for this week's edition of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to singer songwriter maggie rose remember to check out her website at www.iammaggierose.com and as i've mentioned previously engage with her on social media as well like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to her YouTube channel and like the videos on there. Let her know that you heard her interview and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment, and of course, purchase her music via iTunes and watch her website and social media for her live dates, as well as information on the new release that she hopes to put out later this year. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That would really help a lot. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. Let's get your feedback on the show too. Post your comments or questions On the Now Hear This Facebook page, there are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their great new website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB, as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Maggie Rose. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Inevitable.
precious But I'm gonna say it I'm one of the bestest Destined for greatness 